Hello and welcome to Canine Hooper's World, the podcast. A whole new world of fun. Everyone's invited. Hi everyone, it's Carrie, your host. Before I start the episode, I just wanted to say a massive thank you to all the listeners for everyone that supports us and listens to this podcast. If you like the podcast, please tell your friends, please encourage them to listen. And if you're on Apple, if you could like and subscribe and give us a review, preferably five stars, that would be amazing. But I just want to give a shout out to all the listeners in the different countries. And because Hoopers is such an inclusive sport and Hooper's World is all about everyone invited. I'm so excited to see so many countries listed on our listener list. Try saying that when you've had a few drinks, I tell you. So I just want to give a shout out to all the listeners in, and this is in no particular order, but these are all the countries that there are listeners, and I appreciate you all, and thank you so much. We have the United Kingdom, United States, Australia, New Zealand, Denmark, Norway, Spain, Guernsey, Belgium, Ireland, Canada, Russia, Sweden, Jersey, Slovenia, Austria, Germany, Netherlands, Portugal, the Isle of Man, South Africa and France. Thank you so, so much everyone for listening. We appreciate you and take care. Hello and welcome to episode 39 of Canine Hooper's World, the podcast. Today I want to talk to you about why luring can feel like you are fishing for behaviour. And before I start, I'm just going to go back over some of the basics of this. If you haven't listened to episode 6, The Training Trinity, please do because that is very relevant to this episode because it goes over the basic principles of how we do shaping capturing and luring which are the three main ways we can teach our dogs different tricks and behaviors so with the luring luring is not my favorite method um there are lots of positives for luring but there are also potentially pitfalls when you are using a lure and um This weekend was, well, last weekend, sorry, was the Lemonade Conference, which was a virtual um, online conference, which, as I mentioned in the last episode, really got my brain ticking. And one of the seminars I watched was with the amazing um, Hannah Brannigan of Drinking from the Toilet podcast, which I can highly recommend to you. And Hannah was talking about training loops and she uses what she calls a treat magnet, which is basically a lure um, to reset the dog's position. And I love that concept of once the dog's finished the behavior, you can actually use a lure to reset them for the start of the behavior again. So it's different from using a lure to get the dog to perform the behavior you're training. I hope that makes sense. Hannah explained it so much better than that. Um, but when we're luring, thinking of it as a treat magnet is a really good way to kind of get your brain around it because the dog's nose tends to gravitate to the lure, whether it is food or toy, depending on what motivates your dog. Um, and it can help the dog understand the behavior you are looking to train. It can help the dog understand the behavior that you are looking to train and it can make the behavior happen quicker. Now I say it can because pitfalls, some dogs become very reliant on you 
having a lure so tiny dog for example was lured a lot when she was a puppy and i wasn't taught how to fade the lure properly how to get rid of the lure properly so what happened was if i didn't have a treat in my hand she would not perform a behavior she was like nope i am not doing it unless i can see the good stuff so that is one of the pitfalls you can fall down into and all of my clients the rule of luring is that you lure for five and then you have to fade the lure so if we use the example of teaching a sit to a puppy because that's something that hopefully you will have all have had experience to or teaching an older dog a sit you start off with the treat or the reward on the dog's nose you move your hand up and away the dog's nose comes up the bottom comes down you mark reward the behavior your dog is sitting now the way I do that is I hold the food lure between um, my thumb and first two fingers and I have my knuckles towards the dog, okay? So the palm of my hand is up towards the sky and as I draw my hand up, I also move my palm so it is parallel with my body. So the back of my hand is parallel to the dog's nose and that actually starts becoming the physical cue for the dog once we've done five with the treat in the hand we can then remove the reward and have it in our treat pouch or our bait box whatever you want to call it and as you lift the hand up the dog performs the behavior you mark it and then you reward them you reinforce that behavior from your treat bag rather than directly using the reward in your hand i hope that makes sense to everyone because one of the things people get stuck on is when you say fade the lure, I think they often think that you're not reinforcing the behavior and that is not the same thing. Having a physical reward in your hand to get the dog to follow a move is not the same as marking the dog and rewarding the behavior. Those are two different things. So I just wanna make that really clear to everyone because I think that's one of the biggest things that people get stuck on. When they start fading a lure, they sometimes drop their reinforcement or stop reinforcing the dog and then say, well, he'll only do it if I've got a lure. Right, well, if you are not reinforcing when you're not using a lure, of course the dog's only gonna do it when you have a lure because they know that if you don't, you're not gonna pay them. So you need to make sure that your dog is clear that they are going to be reinforced regardless of whether they can see the reinforcement, okay? Um, the other downfall of luring is that for some behaviours, the reward might not be coming from your hand, okay? So in hoopers, when we start um, teaching barrels and increasing distance, we encourage um, our clients to reward the dog on the floor rather than from our hand because we want the dog moving and flowing away from us around a course, not gravitating back towards us, towards that treat magnet, okay? So reinforcing the dog away from you. In Hoopers, we use targets and um, we covered target training back in episode episode i'm using my brain which one was it episode nine we did target training so you can go back and listen to that episode about how we use targets um to gain distance and stuff but if you're always reinforcing the dog from your hand it makes teaching um behaviors away from you difficult so if you 
are always luring your dog for a behavior and your dog is becoming reliant on the lure, it makes progressing the behaviors a lot harder, okay? Now, there are some behaviors that having a lure in your hand, um, having that treat magnet in your hand can really, really help with adding duration and things like that. But again, it depends on your dog because Munchkin, our Staffy Lab rescue girl, she is like ridiculously foodie. She's called Munch for a reason, bless her. And if you try and food lure her, she isn't thinking about where she's moving and what she's doing. She is so fixated on the reinforcement that I would argue she's not learning. She's just doing stuff. And you see her body language. She gets really tense. She gets this real adrenaline surge. And she gets so excited that she starts just throwing everything at you. Her whole trick repertoire comes out the bag. Whereas if I'm shaping her and I break the behavior down into small sections, she thinks and she works out what she wants and she knows the reinforcement is coming. So for her, I would definitely, definitely shape a behavior over luring. Now with Dodge being a young'un, we use a mixture of shaping and luring. I will either lure behavior for five and then see if he's understood it and start moving on to more of a shaping style or I might start shaping the behavior. And if he's really struggling with a step, I might just use a lure for a couple of repetitions just to give him the information he needs to understand what is required of him to get that reinforcement. And then we'll go back to shaping again. So I'm not anti-luring, but you need to be careful when you are luring, okay? Because you don't want the dog becoming reliant on there being a lure there all the time like I have a tiny dog because that can become really frustrating for you as the handler, but I think it's also frustrating for the dog because they're not getting the feedback they need for you. And you can also, for the handler, it can feel quite demotivating that dogs... Um, only doing it to follow the food and to an extent they are whereas I feel when you're shaping a behavior you're working as a team to solve a puzzle puzzle so you are like the guide and you are helping the dog work out what the behavior is so I hope you've enjoyed today's episode I wanted to kind of speak about um luring a bit more because we've been talking about the foundations I know that um a lot of the time, and I'll use hoopers as the example, when we first introduce the dog to um, a hoop, I try not to lure them. I try to literally set the dog up for success. So we walk them up towards the hoop. I get the handler to stand next to the hoop. And as the dog passes through, the handler marks and rewards that behavior. So the dog then starts understanding that passing through the hoop is what won them the good stuff, what got them the reinforcement rather than the handler using food and getting the dog to walk through the hoop. Because if the dog's fixated on the lure, they may not actually be aware of the hoop and they may not understand that passing through the hoop was what got them the reinforcement. To the dog, they may think that just following that treat magnet is what got them the reinforcement. So we need to be careful with how we're using our lures and um, what we are teaching our dogs and their understanding. So guys, until the next episode, um, I hope that's given you some things to think about. 
Remember, you can find us on social media. If you want to follow Dodge, our German Shepherd puppy, you can find him on Instagram at Dodge Shepherd. If you want to follow Tiny Dog on Instagram, she is at Minx Chihuahua. And until the next episode, guys, stay safe, be kind, wash your hands thoroughly and keep your dogs on lead around livestock. Take care, guys. Bye. For more information on Hoopers, where to find classes and Canine Hoopers World Instructor courses, find us on Facebook, like our page, join our free group, Canine Hoopers World. You can follow us on Instagram and we're also on Twitter at Canine Hoopers. Check out our website, www.caninehoopersworld.com. Remember, Canine Hoopers World, everyone's invited.